Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. I'm sorry. I'm going to be Team Mary all the way. Hashtag Team Mary. I'm hoping my silence speaks volumes here. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Gen X This Is Why. My name is Amy. I'm your co-host. And with me today is not my rotten, bratty sister, Jenny, but rather I have the lovely Pamela Bob. <laughs> Hello, Pamela. Welcome. Well, I'm sure Jenny is lovely, too, but just She's a, a different... <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank God you said it before I had to. She would, she would self-proclaim that, so I don't feel like I'm talking out of school. Um, so, Pamela... Are you a Gen Xer? I sure am. In fact, we need to talk because. Um, okay. Uh, yes, I not, yes, I am a Gen Xer. What's your year? What's your year? Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Yes, seventy-seven. Mm. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and we have much to discuss, especially oh, no. because I just yesterday finished your two-parter episode oh, no. about. Um, what are the episodes called? Uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder, part one and part two. Oh, yes. Focusing on yes. Eliza Jane Wilder. Yes. <laughs> and you said some quite oh, no. disparaging things about my favorite episodes. <laughs> so I have to tell you this morning. We can talk watching, about it later. <laughs> I was watching your interview. So let me just give a, a brief introduction. So Pamela is... You're an award-winning filmmaker now, right? Can I say award-winning? I can say that. Yes. Yes. And her series, it's a series of shorts, and it's called Living on a Prairie, and it's fucking brilliant. (laughs) I love it so much. It's like you looked in my brain, especially, I'll get into it, but the Waltons thing, I'll get into it. Mm Mm-hmm. So anyway, so Pamela also did this great thing on her website. It's livingonaprairie.com, correct? Or is it livingonaprairietv.com? Um, she interviewed the cast. Yeah. And I was watching your interview with Dean Butler. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I wanted to just hang my head in shame. Because <laughs> he is, and I do say often, he is a wonderful human, I'm sure. It was the, the character I have a real problem with. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you know, I love talking 
<clears throat> to people like you because we have such differentiating. Is that even a word? Differentiating. Sure, it is now. Sure. Sounds fancy. I'm going to go mm-hmm. with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Different views on some of these characters. Like, I recently, because I loved Almanzo, although I agree with you, especially in those Eliza Jane Wilder uh, episodes. <laughs> he's got a lot. He's got a lot of explaining to do because he's a big man baby at the but, beginning but of their relationship. Just him, right? There's times no. where Paul's a big baby. Yes, Nell's big a big man baby. baby. Yes, yes, big it's man just when baby. Almanzo's a big man baby. He seems extra man baby <laughs> like like uh, anyway laura tamed the beast he he, he yes. became a real feminist in the end yes but um also i i learned that um people really hate mary too and oh yeah this one this yeah i never knew that because mary was oh, yeah. my favorite she oh was my favorite no. are you an older one? do you have siblings are you an older I, sibling I had. I'm a younger sibling because I'm the youngest, and Mary just represented everything about older <laughs> sisters that I hated. <laughs> See, I think I was coming at it from a different perspective because I, I think she's an incredible actor, and so when I watched mm. her, I mean, listen, we love Melissa Gilbert, no tea, no shame. Um, I love, but Melissa Mary, ki- but Mary kicked her mm-hmm. ass when it came to acting. <laughs> Thing. Like actual craft of acting, Mary I'm hoping was that my silence, I'm hoping my silence speaks volumes here. I'm sorry. I'm going to be Team Mary all the way. Hashtag Team Mary. Um, Are you sure you weren't born in July 1974? <laughs> my sister was 74. My uh, sister's 74. I'm telling you, it's the dynamic. Yes. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I was a Mary girl. I thought I I just thought she was I mean this is me being total theater geek drama nerd but you know I knew I wanted to be an actor from the time I was two years old so when I watched her I was watching the acting and I thought she was as good as Michael Landon and so I valued her for her being the real deal in terms of acting land um and you know sometimes melissa gilbert who was amazing and no one else could ever have played that role but you know sometimes she didn't have the chops and sometimes she couldn't have the chops because she was 15 working (laughs) with a 24 year old doing love scenes before she had even had a first kiss and also what's up with the 70s being allowed to have a 15 year old be cast with a 24-year-old doing love scenes. First of all, is it my imagination or in your interview, when you talk about this with Dean Butler, does he say he's 23? I feel like every time he gives an interview, he gets younger and younger. <laughs> <laughs> That's so soon funny. It, soon it'll be like, I was 19. I, she was 15. You know, he, she was 15. He might have been 23 because he was Because I thought right he was 24, though, but... Yeah, I thought he was 24, too. Mm-hmm. Although in my we series, I say that he's 25. So I exaggerate <laughs> that one a little bit. Either way, it's super creepy and super weird. And um, you can see, wow, we've really, I've gone off on a tangent already. We haven't even, it's fine. Uh, you it's haven't fine. even asked me anything and I'm going already. I did a whole thing in one of our episodes where I talked about actors who were born around 1962 i think it was or who would have been age appropriate i, I heard we, this we landed on axel rose which I don't know where the hell that happened. but like rob Lowe, like those guys you know who would have been age appropriate and just yeah. more palatable 
Like, I get that it was based on the reality. I get that. But, you know, it would well, have been a little uh, more palatable to have quite somebody Quite frankly, I don't think anyone would have been palatable because she hadn't come through puberty yet. Yeah. Like, really, she... M- Melissa Gilbert was a late bloomer, as I was. I would yeah. If I was 15, that would have been a horrible thing for me also. <laughs> um, she really... D- like she was maybe just starting puberty then, so mm-hmm. it it mm-hmm. I don't think it. I bought into him because he was so charming and sort of rugged, and and she she was supposed to fall in love with the older man. Did so you, I bought um, it. It's just she was so very young and so very inexperienced, and it was really so was. cringy. It was Every cringy. time she screams, it "I'm a woman, cringy. I'm a woman," it's just like ah, <laughs> no here's, stop. Here's I bought my sister a shirt for Christmas that says, I'm a woman, I'm a woman, and I hate you all. Laura Ingalls Wilder. <laughs> oh, my God. I need that shirt. Can I buy a shirt from you? That's amazing. And really one of the most cringy, cringy moments in perhaps all of TV history. It was a cringy moment, but can we talk about the hottest moment of that episode? <laughs> the ice bath? Not the ice bath, which we talk about in detail because my sister was packed in ice. But when <laughs> Pa barges oh. in and punches him, oh! Backwards flip onto the table, <laughs> roll onto the floor. And a left handed hook, too. And a left handed Because that Michael hook? Landon was a yes. lefty, which is super yes. sexy. I know, my husband's a lefty. I'm all for it. Yep. Yeah, get it, girl. So tell me about your series a little bit like where the idea came from and how sure. you you just started this project well first and foremost thank you so much for having me on this show i'm i'm very honored thank to you. be here and thank you for being a fan of the of my series um love it it's been so cool meeting the people that have been watching it and have turned into fans of it and it's nice to be like, oh, these are my people. Cool. Yes. It's not just me. Yes. Who yes. knew I was going to open a whole prairie door of other people just like You opened me. the drama barn door. I, I, mm-hmm. We all came out of the prairie closet, indeed. <laughs> um, how did this start? I, uh, well, I've always been a fan of the show, and I've said this before, but I, I genuinely don't know any other television show that has seeped more into sort of like the DNA of the people that watch it. I agree you know, 100%. That it's, it's not just like, oh, a sweet TV show that then you turn off and it's done. Mm-hmm. There is something about Little House on the Prairie that enters your world in terms of how you see the world from now on. Um, yes. That, and, that's the basis of our podcast. Like, we totally. go why at the end of it. And Little House on the Prairie is solely responsible for molding and shaping so many of our social norms and, and so many of name, our ideas. I really can't name any other show that has so yeah. significantly done that. Um, you know, there there are some after-school The Waltons specials. didn't do it. The Waltons sure as hell didn't the do it. The fucking Waltons didn't do it. And they won all the Emmys, yeah. which I still can't get over. I, I still can't. cannot I get can't. over it. I can't. Um, that's why awards are dumb. But if you want to give me some, that's fine. I'll take it. But, I'll uh... take <laughs> but it, I and so long story. The when I realized really for real how much of 
that little house on the prairie filter had seeped into my everyday life. I, and it was subconscious. I wasn't even fully aware of the extent of it. Right. Until I was an adult, a young adult, and I was at a Pictionary party. <laughs> and the word that I picked on my card was sandstorm. And, uh, and for me, the only only imagery that came to mind for the word sandstorm was hello the sandstorm episode with mary and and adam and uh you know where she's searching for little blind susan in the middle of a sandstorm and then she gets married and that's my only association with sandstorm that i could come up with and so i furiously drew a picture of a woman in a bonnet with wind swirling around her and a no one got sandstorm and it was infuriating to me that yeah. and uh that's when i realized oh this is abnormal <laughs> this is there, not normal it's and, not the um, mainstream i don't it's know if not, it's not normal but it's, it's not the mainstream yeah. yes that's a very kind way of putting it mm -hmm. but but um fast forward to a few years ago and i that memory popped into my brain. Actually, it, it was in a dream. I, I had put my son to bed and I had sort of fallen asleep in bed with him. And I was sort of in that weird, dreamy, lucid, transitional place. And Michael Landon and, came to you. Well, the 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 memory, <laughs> in a sense, a <laughs> I would like to think maybe it was Michael Landon coming to me in a dream. But that memory of that Pictionary party came into my brain, and I immediately knew, oh, my God, that's a series. Yeah. That's a series. Yeah. Uh, so much so that I felt kind of like an electrical bolt go through the, my body. Yeah. And I sort of shot up in bed and went, oh, my God, this is a show. This is a show. I've got to mm -hmm. do this show. Um, and fast forward to Living on a Prairie, which is about a woman who has social anxiety, who does not fit <laughs> the norms of society in terms of what the current day likes are and doesn't feel like she totally fits in and her life is filtered through her lessons that she learned from Little House on the Prairie and uh, I call it sort of her drug of choice um, is is so great. Little House on the Prairie. So the the show itself, Living on a Prairie, is not about Little House on the Prairie. So right. if you've never seen Little House on the Prairie, you will still totally get the show uh, because it's really about this woman and her struggling to fit in. Well, um, and if you've but never if you seen, are a fan of the show, if you've never seen Little House on the Prairie, though, you can probably relate because you've probably run into somebody like this. Well, Who's or you watch, it? or you watch Game of Thrones, or you watch yeah. Star Wars, yeah. or you watch Rocky Horror Picture Show, yeah. or any other. The reason why it's relatable is because people can relate to this sort of occult, sort of like fantasy mm -hmm. in which mm -hmm. they can escape into. Yeah, 100%. Um, and we see it all over the place. It's just that Little House on the Prairie isn't considered cool at all. So no one's admitting <laughs> that they're bonnet heads, but they'll proudly admit that they're, you know, into Star Wars. I, I'm um, gonna I'm gonna take the name Bonnethead and I'm gonna change it to Landon Lassie. That's what I consider myself. <laughs> <laughs> I almost choked on my water. I uh I I approve uh, he, that message. I 
I just wrote a piece for Scary Mommy about this. Like, I consider myself a feminist in every way. Me too. Raised by a feminist. Right. But when Michael Landon comes on that fucking screen, I'm like, save me, Pa. Save me. You know, like, what what happens to us? But I think it's because, and this is why men also liked, whether they admit it or not, they're in the prairie closet, but men also loved Little House on the Prairie because Pa was an incredibly masculine figure, right? But he cried. He read poetry. He read poetry. His chin quivered. He loved the women in his life. He played music. I mean, he was... Um, he was someone that the women could trust and that the men could really look up to. And and I also think for men, he was an example of a manly man who could actually show emotion. And yes, it never kind took of away from his masculinity. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And it never and, took away from his masculinity. Well, and he gave himself the foil of Edwards, right? Who's like, a half pint can't come hunting with us because the bears will smell our menstrual blood. Like, it was so bad. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God. So I guess against that foil, anybody's a feminist. <laughs> my sister loves Edwards. I mean, we Some... just love him. Okay, so here's another brand new discovery. Ooh. That I learned from my from the fans that I breaking never news. knew before. Breaking news. Okay. And it is breaking news in my world. And I thought at this point I knew everything about Little House on okay. the Prairie. Okay. Women thought Doc Baker was hot. I, uh, who? I saw your social thing I about want this. to know who. Oh, oh my God. Not me. Not me. <laughs> Not me. I, I mean, he was a lovely man, but hot. So apparently, hey, there's a team Doc Baker and yes. Hot Baker, Hot Doc. No, no. And, uh, and people liked Mr. Edwards, too. I'm not allowing the Hot Doc stuff, and I'm telling you right now. <laughs> My sister's going to lose her mind when I tell her this. <laughs> well, I lost my mind. I couldn't believe it. Oh and I thought, well, for sure, it's just this one person saying that she thought Doc Baker was hot. Right. And then people came out of the woodwork saying, no, I thought no. he was too. No, his hands are sexy. Oh, his voice is sexy. La, 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 la. Now, and I, I'm still processing this information. We interviewed Karen hard. Grassley, as I know you did as well. Yes. Okay. I think she said he was one of the people that she got along with best on the set. I think it was him. See, that makes me that makes me very happy. Yeah, I'm sure think, he was a lovely man. I could be spreading fake news, but I think <laughs> that she mentioned him specifically. Uh, I mean, he was great, but I... I he was great, I, but um, I, here I was his know. diagnosis. Oh, let me run my hand over you. You might die. Well, might what die. else was he going to do? <laughs> my God. My God. You know, it's always funny to me is, you know, when Ma almost chops off her leg with the chicken wire scratch oh, yes, gangrene yes. episode. You know, and she miraculously survives <laughs> without an ounce of penicillin. Right. Uh, that's when we go, Doc Baker, <laughs> you're a really good doctor. Now, wait a minute. Because that would have never happened. Let's talk about the hottest part of that episode. Charles flying into hero mode (laughs) and going 90 in that wagon home to his Carolyn. Anytime Charles goes into hero mode, forget it. (laughs) It's on. Game on. I hate myself so much for this. 
know what's so crazy? When you were a little girl watching this, yeah, were you? I certainly recognized that Pa was hot, but in my I brain, like he was Pa. I didn't like him Right. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. It was a totally yes. different relationship to Pa. Like, I, I recognized that he was gorgeous, and I loved him, but he was my Pa. Yes. So we didn't go there. Yes. 100%. But now, in, a, in adulthood, holy, holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the same exact thing. Like, I even, I think as a young kid, like, I took those qualities of Pa that I loved so much and projected them onto my father. Yeah. You know, and in my head, I thought, like, my dad was running around reading poetry and, I don't <laughs> and know. Breaking the ribs. Yeah, but he was not. Like, my yeah. dad, you know, he's a smart <laughs> dude and stuff, but he's not, you know, Pa Ingalls. Yeah. So, like, and then... I always used to say, and I said this 20 years ago, and people thought I was crazy. I would say, Pa Ingalls ruined everything for our generation because we went out into the world looking for Pa, and we did not find him. It's we, the a lot of us truth. found Edwards. Some of us found Almanzo. Uh-huh. Whatever. Big man babies. I don't know. I, I, I wonder if that's why the fandom is so strong. And it has lasted for so long. It's maybe, I, I, and I've never thought about it this way before. Maybe it's that it it introduced us to an ideal. Well, it did absolutely, oh, yeah. hands 100%. down. Whether it's whether it's about your community or your faith or your mm-hmm. generosity or your love mm-hmm. or your compassion, but but maybe it's also that that role model of what that an ideal man is or or that sort yeah, of absolutely a hundred percent a hundred percent i believe that and it's interesting i wonder whether that's healthy or not healthy <laughs> it's not I mean, it's spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> i think whenever you approach anything with like such a high ideal it's never yeah. going to but i think it did help me see like i have a real appreciation for sensitive men and i think that may be where that kind of comes from you know, it's interesting because my dad was a crier. Like, he cried yeah. at emotional movies or commercials. Yes. or um, So I, I grew up seeing a strong man cry or yeah. allowing himself to be emotional. So it's, it's also really interesting with, with these hardcore fans, because, including myself, because I know a lot of them um, did not have happy childhoods did not have happy homes. And yeah. this was their escape into a loving family, a loving community, which was something that they didn't have. Yes. But for someone like me, you know, I'm very lucky that I did grow up in a, in a loving family yeah, and, a, and a loving community. Mm-hmm. And yet it still had it that effect still had the me. same message. Yeah, And I, I often think about that because I don't... I. I I don't know why it's so equal, <laughs> you know? And it really speaks to the strength of the show. I mean, it yeah. really does. But but let's look at the, the converse of that, okay? So there's also this thing, this verb that Jenny and I have coined. Well, I don't know if we coined it, but we use it a lot called Little House. So, like, because <laughs> of Little House, we also are constantly on edge. We trust no one. We think everything's going to go to shit. Do you yeah. know? Because that's what happens. So, like, it also... Yeah. A blacksmith this... is going to turn up somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rainy clowns. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. It, it, cause, so it also instilled this, like, you say blind school fire to anyone. 
Oh, girl. And they're like, this is why or the I'm my, Or the My it. Ellen episode where you oh, just... Oh, I, I mean, that one screwed yes. me up big time. Yes. Uh, so, like, it's imparting this this loving community and these messages, but it's also like, but just wait, the bottom can fall out at any second. Well, you know, it's, it's like Little House was a nine... A, a nine season after school special you know like yes. it's like I, I literally was talking about this to someone a few weeks ago I, I was saying you know everything I learned about drugs or eating disorders or like <laughs> alcohol I learned from after school specials oh of course yes and and kids don't have that now no. And I don't know how they're learning. I don't know how they're going to be frightened because if they try some of their older brother's cocaine, they're going to end up drowned in the backyard pool, <laughs> which is what happened in the after school special. It happened. It permanently it stuck with me. And it that's happens. why I have never yes. done hard drugs. Or the um, scared straight stuff that we well, saw. Exactly. I, was, yeah, I wasn't totally. shoplifting after I saw that. No, of course not. So, like, when you see Albert... Yeah, so when you see all of these episodes on Little House about, like, hardcore episodes about child abuse or alcoholism or Albert vomiting all over himself because he's a morphine addict or, you know, these were hardcore, traumatizing, very visceral imagery that you got as a young child that um, both permanently scarred but also... (laughs) I mean, really, you took those lessons with you for the rest of yeah. your life. Oh, yeah. Like, I have an unhealthy fear of fire. I'm convinced it's <laughs> yes. from that blind school fire. Yes. Yes. I was just talking to my mom today, and we were talking about, like, taking care of grandparents and parents. And she goes, the only thing I don't ever want, Amy, is don't put me in a high rise. And I'm like, why? She goes, I don't know. There could be a fire underneath me, and it'll burn oh, the whole building down. I'm like, God. she has it, too. She has it, too. Because my parents were young parents. They had Jenny and I when they were 19 and 17. Oh, wow. So, like, they watched Little House with us. Well, oh, so, so yeah. So, they were really, growing yeah. up with it, too. Yes. That's yes. so fascinating. really crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say, I, um, you know, the first time I ever met Allison Arngram, we, we sat and chatted for four hours straight. And I, I asked her. her every burning question I ever wanted to know about Little House on the Prairie. And the first and foremost question was... What is up with the clown rape episodes? <laughs> As we know as Sylvia, part one and part two, where there's a literal serial rapist in a clown mask. Someone well, and I love that you said, mask. I love that you said, I forget who you said it to. Maybe it was her. In your interview with her, you said, what was going on in Michael Landon's mind? Because I said yeah. the same thing about the blind fire. Totally. I'm like, why it's would some he do dark, this? Yeah, it's dark, fucked up yes. shit. Like, it is, it is dark fucked up shit so tell the listeners what she said so this so i asked allison like what what is up with the clown rape episodes like how how why and how and what did you guys all think about it like when you got that script like what what and she said specifically for the sylvia episodes Mm -hmm. once again little house on the prairie had been slighted in reviews and uh, I don't know if it was a TV guide or some TV critic did a big write-up about Little House on the Prairie was just, you know, a squeaky clean, family-friendly, wholesome, family, mm-hmm. friendly, mm-hmm. wholesome mm-hmm. family TV show. And it yep. 
continually <laughs> pissed off Michael Landon, and rightfully so. Michael Landon's like, fuck you, I'm throwing in a clown rapist. That is exactly <laughs> what happened. So he was like, you want family friendly? You want wholesome? I'll show you wholesome. And nice. he wrote a two-part episode about a serial rapist in wow. a clown mask. Um, and so... And so it was his total rebuttal to those critiques that were yeah. unfair. That were unfair. Yeah. That that was unfair, and it makes total sense when you. Think As about I say it. in living on the on a prairie, some serious shit went down on that prairie. <laughs> some serious shit went down on that prairie. <laughs> and I think it's why, you know, in living on a prairie, she has that explosive breakdown uh, because she goes on a date, and he sort of mocks Little House on the Prairie, and. I have to say in my own life, although I never had a full, total, and complete breakdown as she does in that episode, but the anger I feel in defending Little House on the Prairie is very real yeah. for people that have never seen it before. And I, yeah. I can only imagine Michael Landon just like losing his mind that it was still uh-huh. being labeled as just that. Right. Um, After he gives us racism and abuse and drugs and, you know, everything, child, you know, all of it. I'm interested to know. Okay. So my sister and I obviously were doing the rewatch. Okay. Yes. So the last time I saw many of these episodes was maybe 15, 20 years ago. So it's almost like. Oh, so you're really rewatching it. Right. So it's almost like I'm watching it again for the first time, even though. You know, you have, like, an episode will come up and you're like, oh, of course. Yeah, like, right. You know. yeah. Um, so we are on season seven. Now, okay. season seven is the season where Adam, we just did the episode where Adam regains his sight. <laughs> and acts like a fucking maniac and runs around a meadow. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Linwood Boomer, we love him. Fantastic writer. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. Um, so... We're my like as a writer, I see a definite shift change in this season. And I was I gonna feel say like it's it's the beginning of the end. It's the beginning two. of yeah. the end. Like yeah. I just I was wondering if you noticed that. Like in those early seasons, Pa is like trying to feed his family and they're always yeah. on the brink of financial. It's a bit ruin. rougher and yes. yes. And now I it's think like, I think and from what some of the cast has told me and, and from what I could see I think, you know, they they got into a pattern, right? Like yeah. this this is the formula that works. And I think as the seasons went on, it turned more into a fantasy than a realistic prairie life, which yeah. also from what everyone told me in that cast was definitely intentional. That okay. Michael Landon made the decision that this was not going to be reality like how the pilot was. Right. But that this was going to be a fantasy version of life on the prairie. Okay. Um, whether it's because it was coming from a child's perspective or whether they just, you know, I, I can't imagine writing 24 one hour episodes for nine <laughs> seasons. Well, I and wish Michael continually wrote being more of them. fresh. I, know, I wish I know. he wrote more of them and kept Dom Balick tied up somewhere. Yeah. Ooh, girl, because when they jumped the shark, damage. they jumped the shark hard. Mm. Although hard. I'm not going to disparage the last two seasons because there was a lot no. about those seasons that I also really liked. But, you know, I think they just fell into 
a routine. I fell into yeah. a routine. I also feel that way about some of the acting, too. Like, these people have been on the show forever, especially... And she says this in her book, so I'm not disparaging her. But Melissa Gilbert had been on that show forever, and she fell into sort of a... Pattern. Not not phoning it in, but yeah. like she knew what she had to do to make it look okay, as opposed yeah. to really deep diving in for a lot more of it. Um, and who knows? Maybe they just got tired. I don't know. But it I definitely just, fell into a it feels different storybook land mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. life on the actual prairie. And I feel like even Little House has, at its worst, though, is still greater than anything. Totally, <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, I do want to talk about there is something that enrages me to the point of, like, I just go blind when I think about it. Oh, my gosh. Tell me. Laura Ingalls Wilder and yes. Almanzo Wilder yes. are one of the greatest love stories of our time. I know they what you're get, say. They get a fucking courthouse wet, blind school wedding with a broke down preacher. Where is Rev Alden? Where's I know. Rev? And I know. I'm Marion Adams anniversary michael landon what are you doing i know it's um it's totally bizarro that that's how they handled it however this is how why i actually think those episodes are brilliant i think as a writer i admire michael landon because this impending wedding that we've all been planning on it's and it's like child star number one of all america (laughs) like graduating into womanhood right and so the entire country let alone you know world is waiting for this wedding to happen and instead of making that the number one thing he decides to focus those episodes on how their marriage will affect eliza jane and hmm. I just think this that is that a very is a... generous take, by the way. <laughs> Listen, this is how I feel. this is actually. I'm not joking when I say those are my those are my favorite episodes. Really? Um, yeah, and I think okay. it's because I admire that he totally made a left turn, and okay. instead of making it focused on Laura and Almanzo and the wedding and what we expected it to be. Mm-hmm. He showed a side of the story that is so sad and so upsetting mm. and and also shows the plight of what a woman was during that time and how little opportunity she had and how the stigma of the social norms. You know, we look at Eliza Jane and we're just like, oh, Jesus, just like... Pull up your bootstrings and get on with it. Like, get over it. But I like Eliza histori- Jane. I, like I do Eliza too. Yes. But she's stuck. She's stuck. Yes. yes. And she's stuck. And her hot and horny diary sessions are everything I need. Are everything. <laughs> and so, and so sad. And I know. I know. Also in her innocence, because she's never experienced anything before. You know, she's a grown-ass woman. And I know, and her never... asking Laura, like... It's just awful. And uh... Laura, first of all, worst, <laughs> worst, worst advice ever and worst teacher ever. I mean, yes. give me a break. Yes. She's She's awful. like, I don't know, your brother's creeping on me. I don't know how to give you normal I, advice. I mean, just like the worst. But I just admire Michael Landon for making that not... Making those episodes not at all what you're expecting them to be and instead giving you a different story that is painfully heartbreaking. I mean, 
those episodes, I have trouble watching those episodes because they break me. They break me. Her story breaks me. I cry for hours after that, those episodes. (laughs) I love you. Here's Oh my God. It it just, Here's where I struggle with it. And I know this is part of the problem because of the format. So Michael Landon wanted these to be self-contained. Right. Which is the problem. Because Mm. what I would have liked to have seen is he could have told the story of Eliza Jane over many episodes. And then it culminated in the wedding. But, like, he couldn't do that because he had to tell it all together. Here's another theory. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Because Melissa Gilbert was 15 and maybe (laughs) just starting to enter puberty, to focus two episodes on her marriage is just not going to be bought right oh, like that's we're just true, not going to then we're assuming she's going to have sex with him and we don't want to think about that totally wait till that's next true. season when she's that's grown true. a couple more inches uh, and and yeah. maybe developed a little bit more yeah, yeah. i mean that's i true. just i just think it would be too difficult to swallow i mean it was already difficult i mean even just seeing her sitting on his lap is like eh, eh, no Poor, creepy gross I love how you really empathized with Dean Butler. Seriously, I really do. And you were like, no one thinks about how hard this was for you. Well, you know what? I never thought about it either until I was an adult. And, you know, I'm an actor. And so I was thinking, if I had to do a love scene with a 15-year-old, like, that is a a terrible position to be put in. I mean, that is... That yeah. is rah ha ha Well, that would never happen. It would never happen. It today. wouldn't. What's I up, mean, Gen Landon, X? <laughs> Landon had complete control of that Carte set. blanche. I know. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about him for a minute. So, some people have come for me 
Because, oh you know, he is, he but, is, there are problems there. You know, he's yeah. very representative of his time. I'm just yes. going to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have mixed emotions with how much I love him. Now, yeah. in your experience talking with the cast, do you think that they talk about him in favor? Or do you feel like they understand him as the complex man that he was? I would say unilaterally, including Karen, talk mm-hmm. positively about him. Good. Um, they all admire him. They all say they have never been on a set that was better run by him, uh, by anyone else besides him. Mm-hmm. Um, his work ethic, his his um, sheer talent um, was to not be denied. And, and the respect that they all had for him was paramount. I think for the from what from what some of the cast have told me and when we talked about it, I think the kids had a totally different perspective. Yeah. Uh, of because they weren't exposed to the more adult things that right. Michael Landon was <laughs> talking about or going right. through. Yes. So when the kids were on set, it was a much more kid friendly set. Yeah. Um, which is great. Yeah. Um and they they loved him. They they never saw anything other than loving this man. Listen, right. they knew he always had booze in his hand right. and so did the crew, but that was also the 70s and that was the 70s. just what it was. So it wasn't necessarily anything abnormal. So so the kids just across the board love love love. But for someone like well for the adults they certainly saw a more complex human being. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I think that he could be. From what I've, from what I know about him, from what they've told me, he could be pretty vengeful or spiteful if he thought someone sort of crossed him. Yeah. Did you read um, Karen's book? Yeah. yeah, and not only that, but what he did with the. Uh, uh, Victor French, Mr. Edwards. Yes. And yep. uh, that was also like a sort of vengeful, severed relationship because yep. he thought Victor French sort of crossed him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that, you know, that shows an aspect of that personality that isn't sort of too lovely. Yeah. Um, but even with that being said, in Karen's book and Karen's experience, which I can so relate to mm-hmm. um, as an actor who has also been in toxic environments before, you know, no one's, she is certainly not disparaging him in terms of his talent and right, what, yeah. he, what she he speaks provided. very highly of that, right? Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, that time was not friendly for women. No. Uh, not friendly for minorities. And I'm not saying Michael Landon was a racist or a sexist. Right, right. <laughs> he was a product of his generation. He and he was a powerful man. Of that time. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So um, I think it's really complicated. And when you're mm-hmm. a smart, progressive woman in the 70s and Could you imagine? 80s, oh and, this is, and this is the world that you're living in. I can't imagine how insurmountable that must have felt for her. Like and she was punished for it. 
Yes, she was. And sometimes I wonder, like, if she wants to vomit in her mouth when she's saying some of these things. <laughs> well, you know what's so interesting to me is that fans have gotten really upset with her, too, because they don't want to know these things about Michael Landon, and they think she's yeah. disparaging him. What, what's the on. point in talking about come it? On. Well, I'll tell you, if you've kept this in for 50 years, yeah. and yep. know that you had been abused, and know that you had been treated unfairly, where it literally impacted... The character, the role that you played, the mm-hmm. exposure you got. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I mean, he cut her part by a lot. The tension between them is very obvious when you get into season six. Yeah. I've said this all along. Like, my childhood idea of them, they were the perfect married couple, right? The perfect mompa. And yeah. he would come home from Mankato and she would come running out. That's right. And throw herself around him. And that was like what I grew up idolizing as a kid right. and then in season six like suddenly they're short with each other he's you know <laughs> kind of insulting her she's snapping back at him i'm like what is going on here my sister thinks i'm crazy i'm like no 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 no. i'm telling you there is something was something going is going on well, behind probably, the scenes here when did she leave did she, did she did she do seven seasons she might yeah, have done seven, seven seasons and then the last mm-hmm. two, maybe the last two she wasn't in anymore. She definitely yeah. was not in the last season. I mean, yeah. she was done. She yeah. was done. Yeah. Um, and but, but you can, you can, and, and we, Jenny and I have come across this a lot because we're looking at things that are problematic from this time. So we just did Grease, okay? Oh boy, So yeah. I'm like, you can still love things. I right. love Grease. My heart swells when I watch that movie. Yes. But it is problematic. <laughs> yes. like, well, and that's what, you know, it's interesting with Little House on the Prairie because the, the I, as you know, it's my favorite show of all time. I have huge reverence for it. I love it. Yes. I'll defend it till the day I die. However... Yes. There are some messed up things about it, things that are ridiculous and things that I laugh hysterically about because it's ridiculous. Right. You know, Mary having French tips, uh, (laughs) manicured nails is ridiculous. Like, it's crazy. Um, And... And I laugh at it because I love it so much. And and you can love something and still see its faults and have it not take away from you at all. But some of these fans are not are not happy about it no. at all. No, not um, at all. And in the groups on Facebook, eh, they come. Yeah, you. Yeah, they'll cut you. They'll, they'll cut you. They'll, they, they'll they, cut you. It's funny because Jenny and I cannot really promote our podcast in those groups because people don't want to hear any kind of, They're even though we're doing so it in diehard. jest, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. It's very interesting to me because they take the show literally. I know. Um, as if that's really what it was like on right. the prairie. And right. it's And same with, you know, Michael Landon. They see him as... Pa, they see him as Charles Engel. So anything sort of slightly disparaging about who he was in his life, uh, they don't, they will come after you. I mean, I've had a Michael Landon uh, Facebook group come after me. Have you had a Michael Landon fight? Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, yeah, they came after me because they thought, they thought I wasn't being as reverent as I should be about. The way I spoke about Michael Landon. And what's funny about that is that I have nothing but reverence for him. Right, of but course. He was a human, yeah. But he was a human being. With, he was with, a human being. With faults yeah. just how the rest of us have yeah. faults. 100%. Um, doesn't take away 
at all my admiration of the man. In fact, during the filming of Living on a Prairie, we had a photo of Michael Landon hidden in the set of every single episode we did. So, um, you know, in the Pictionary episode, if you really look close... There's a picture of him on the mantle on the fireplace. Oh, I'm going to have to scoop this out There are these little Easter eggs that Mm -hmm. you really wouldn't know are there. Okay. Um, And even in the scene that I have with Alison Arngrim, the life coach scene, in my coffee cup is a picture of Michael Landon. Uh, (laughs) So he was with us the entire shoot. I mean, talk about reverence. He literally was with us that entire shoot of that show. I I can't help it. I love him. I'm going to tie on that cross. I love the guy. Yeah. I'm going to tie on that hill. Not the cross. I'm going to tie on that hill. Okay. I have a quick fire round for you. Are you ready? All right. Just a series of questions. Okay. (laughs) Who's the better ride or die? Edwards or Garvey? That's a tough one. There are so many reasons why each one of them are, and there are mm-hmm. different reasons. So you're in a bar fight. Who do you want with you? I mean, Garvey. <laughs> you For a bar fight? Garvey. Yes. Uh, the you only mean... reason why I'm going to say Garvey, and uh, listen, my instincts wanted to say Edwards. Yes. But the only reason why I didn't do Edwards is because sometimes he falls off the wagon. And so he's maybe True. not as dependable <laughs> as Garvey, who's just a freaking rock. Yes, exactly. But okay. personality-wise, Edwards all the way. I have, I'm going to ignore this question. It was, why was Mary so terrible? Um. <laughs> but I know she get li- All right. Li- listen, I'm going to, one more defense about Mary. Okay. Here's my the, defense the about character, Mary. The character. The character. The character. The character. The mm-hmm. character. No, no, no. Here's why the character is fantastic. Oh, gosh. Because when she flips, she is a bitch. That's when she true. Flips, she is a huge bitch. I her agree. little <laughs> nice girl, her nice girl, like, I'm perfect and everything's perfect, mm-hmm. goody two-shoes, mm-hmm. does a complete 180, and her inner bitch comes out more than anyone else on that show and i live for those merry moments could we agree though can i get you to at least admit <laughs> that she's a narc she's totally a narc okay. i was gonna say yes she's 100 percent a narc and there's an episode where like miss beetle is late and so all the kids yes. are playing in the yeah. playground and, Mary's like, and no, she no, 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 rings no. the bell yeah. and i'm like fucking a mary that is my one like jesus okay. mary she's a narc she's a narc uh, okay. right. we agree on that for sure Okay, why the god sister? Just why? Why did it happen? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Just why? I have, why? I have a, I have a theory. I okay. do have a theory. I love they're asking me this because I have thought about this before. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure Here's every little house fan has. <laughs> First of all, you're correct. Why? why? And how? Why? And why? This is my thought. This is my thought. Oh, God, even that just makes me want to, like, bash a a hammer into my skull. Here's what I thought. Here's what I think. Here's my theory. I could be wrong. Michael Lanson's not here. He's not here to defend himself. He's not here for me to ask him. Here's my theory. I think he really wanted Carrie to become a character, like a real character on the show that we actually cared about. And so... He gave her a shot. He was like, listen, 
we're going to do an episode, <laughs> a Carrie-centric, like, this is your big break, yeah. kid. Yeah. This is your chance. This is mm-hmm. the opportunity. Like, Carrie's either going to fly or she's going to fail. I feel and like she didn't fly. She did not. She did the opposite of fly. She failed. In fact, she failed so spectacularly that I can't believe he actually aired the episode. It was so Instead of scrapped the whole thing. And I just have these images. Like, I'll I'll imagine what it must have been like for him to try to direct the twins. Um, (laughs) Like, coming up to the, getting down on his knee and sort of whispering, like, little sweet directions to them. And... And he had to have known while filming this that this was an absolute disaster. And from that episode on, we barely see Carrie anymore unless she has to pee. I know, it's I'm always an out-out joke with that girl. So do you? Th- so you don't think that my theory is it was the end of the year and they had to blow all this budget <laughs> and they were like, they all got drunk and hired some special effects guy and they were like, Who, what character don't we care about that we could throw yeah, in this episode? He, I mean, how could he not know that Carrie was incapable of I anything? She was like, what, six or seven probably? I really think he was like, I'm going to... Maybe break the girls in like I'm going to really work with them and I'm going to make something out of them. And we're going to be able to have (laughs) we're going to be able to have a character, a character of Carrie that's actually like we can start doing now. And and it failed on a spectacular level because he stored her away for the rest of the series. I'll forgive him. Yeah. Like if I mean, if we had to get through the God sister to lose Carrie, I'm there. I can accept some. Do you want to realize something really messed up? Oh, no. Is this more scoop? Here's a little scoop. So the cat, the list, when you do a TV show, the the title, where your name comes on the list of characters, mm-hmm. sort of depicts your pace scale. Okay. It's sort of like the hierarchy of what the cast is, whether that's pay scale or credit-wise or okay. importance of character to the show. So, like, Melissa Gilbert would so be So, Melissa Gilbert, obviously. Yeah, Melissa Gilbert's okay. at the top. Pa Ma's at the top. Mary's mm-hmm. at the top. Mm-hmm. Baker, for some reason. Well, Carrie's at the top. Because really? she has title, because she had title billing. She's in the oh. opening credits. Yeah, that's true. She is. She, she can't is even the handle that, but she's in it. Credits. So, like Catherine McGregor, poor Mrs. Olsen, who's up, was in the bottom of the actress. list. Brilliant and genius yes. and integral to the success of that show. Yes. yes. Who I don't think ever really got the props that she deserved. Oh, she was great. Um, I was mean, not she's at terrible, the top of that list. Great. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But she was not at the top of that list. Wow. But the the twins were so the twins are making more money than Harriet. Oh, I don't know that I don't know officially, but in terms of billing, they had top billing. Oh my god! What kind I of know. world is this? Okay, the handyman. Yes. Okay. Should he be drowned in the creek or thrown <laughs> down Carrie's well forever? <laughs> Ooh, see, because that son I of a bitch. Know. When he I always touched, wanted them to hook up. When he touched Paul's fiddle, I almost lost yeah, my yeah, mind. Yeah. I threw a fit on air about it. He he was sexy as hell. And it, I do say it was the one episode where Ma was allowed to have sex appeal. Oh, you yeah. know, when she Ma, talks about Ma, that. Yeah, yeah. When Ma's hair comes down out of the bun, 
bound chicka oh, yeah. bound oh, bound. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We call and that crisis hair or sexy hair. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. yes. In this one, it was sexy hair. Mm-hmm, Chicken wire mm-hmm. episode, crisis hair for yes. sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god, I love you guys so much. Is insane. But I think um, didn't she didn't she hook up with him in real life? I think she wrote that in the book. Yeah, and didn't he yeah. give her a yes? STD? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he the did. Fun. See, this is. The real life That's stuff real that stuff. you don't know is actually. But that explains he comes why they set, had. Spreads gonorrhea. He, he spreads go. the thing. There uh, we go. But they did have amazing chemistry. Um, they did. Because I, I was always like, them. ooh, Ma, maybe Ma should go for it. Uh, but that episode, Mary was a bitch. She, yes, she Her was. Her inner bitch comes yes, out she in that was, episode. And it was one of the I only times it. I appreciated it. Come on! Yes, because she was Team Paw. And I was yeah. like, yes. Well, and a I, bitch about it. I personally think he should be thrown down the well because a sudden death is too much for him. <laughs> it's too good for him. <laughs> I know, I didn't really answer the question. I'll go, okay, sure. A well. Okay. Sure. The Johnny, Carrie John, well. Johnny Johnson or John Jr.? Oh, John Jr. He got, John- okay, so you're you're an arts writer person, right? Yeah. He got a full poetry scholarship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went off about this for like ever. <laughs> 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 oh my God. He was sensitive. He was sweet. Mm-hmm. I know he cheated, but he was a boy. Uh, he couldn't act. He, he was very deadpan could, like this. He hey, was Mary, inc- it's me, John he Jr. Was, he was incredibly deadpan. And, uh, uh, yeah. But that's a good match for Mary, though. That's a good match. I I agree. Johnny Johnson, you know, some of those men that were boys (laughs) that Michael Landon cast. Were like 25. But also really not attractive. Like, (laughs) And I also wonder, like, what was, was that what was considered cute in 1979 like maybe i don't know i don't know but johnny johnson no no oh john no, jr no. team john jr all okay. the way i agree we're in agreement there michael landon hotter in season one or two think pilot episode and then think falling out of the tree breaking his ribs i mean oh wait that's all season one <laughs> that, yeah there's pilot and season one they sort of yeah. mesh together uh season one or season two because I feel like maybe in season two he peaked, in my opinion. I, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say season mm-hmm. two, but only because I feel like as wonderful as season one was, I feel like the storylines got better in season two. I agree. I think season three was our favorite because it gave us our favorite episodes. My sister's is Fred, uh huh, to go, Aww, yeah. and mine is the classic Bully Boys. You uh-huh. just cannot, Great episode. You Rev Alden beating people up in church. Charles yes. Charles <laughs> shaking Carolyn and then running and beating the Gallander brothers. Yeah, yeah, intense. You just can't. You can't beat it. Um, See, okay. I, w- I was I was a season five girl because I loved the romantic storyline with Almanzo and Laura. I know. <sighs> I know. I know. I know. What's wrong with me? I, I loved know. the romantic storyline of Charles and Carolyn. Yeah, I know. And I'm I was with so you. excited. All right. So real quick, I'm going to rattle off some super hot paw moments. You tell me okay. if you agree or disagree. Okay. Falling okay. from the tree, breaking his rib. Hot. Anytime he touches the fiddle. <laughs> oh, hot, hot. Except, gonna, wait, 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 you're wait. You're going to all of these. No, no, no. You know what? I'm, I'm taking that back. I'm going to say not hot 
because he so clearly has no idea how to actually play the fiddle, and he's and he's not even touching the strings with the bow. Okay. So Do actually, as a me. musician, I know, no, no. So as a musician, every time I watched it, I was like, Michael Landon, you could have taken a couple violin lessons to understand. He, he how really to could have to at least play. understand and how to hold it. Clearly didn't, and I don't know why he didn't think people wouldn't notice that. So know. I'm going to actually say. In theory, hot. But actually watching it... In execution, mm, not hot. Execution, okay. not hot at all. Okay. Um, lying in bed, quoting Emerson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hashtag popcorn. Hot. Um, I love, I have... I love the, the, what the popcorn actually represents yes, on Little yes. House on the Prairie. I, I have okay. fighting, fighting off the Gallander Brothers, which we've talked about. Um, yeah. When he tells an entire bar in Winoka to shut up in yeah. season five. <laughs> okay. That's, that is not hot. In fact, that's one time. It's so funny you're bringing this up. Because in all of Little House on the Prairie, in all the seasons, that is the one moment where I'm like, Oh, Pa, that's Stop being a fail. Such a nerd. Yeah, you're in the city, dude. Like, yes. it ain't gonna happen. What do you yes. think is they're gonna do? Yeah, yes. that that. No, I'm sorry. That's a that's not okay. Hot. That's okay. Um, arriving at the well with Carrie in his arms. Now, this is a trick question because he has saved Carrie. Yeah, but no. he also looks hot. Hot and <laughs> uh, and Carrie actually redeems herself in that episode because mm. we don't see her the entire episode. See, my whole True. theory is True. she's like, she's not there, actually. So we're mm-hmm. just imagining mm-hmm. this very sweet girl, but don't actually mm-hmm. see her. So she actually improves in our opinion of her. <laughs> That's true. You're very she's right. Not, because she's yes. actually quite adorable in the beginning of that episode, chasing the butterflies. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time she opens her mouth, you're like, ah, no. Yeah, but but, but visually, she's very mm-hmm. cute. I agree. Um, so by the end, you're actually rooting for Carrie. It's maybe one of the only or few times that you are actually rooting for Carrie. So it's okay I, that he's got Carrie. Okay. Hot. And the last one is when he gets tunnel vision. Now, this is <laughs> when he has to work in the tunnel with the explosives and yes. he's just going crazy and Edwards has to punch him out of his tunnel vision. Yes. That's hot. Total hotness. Total hotness. I'll, Charles I'll, just amped up in any way is hot to me. <laughs> I'll ask you whether you think this is hot or not. I'm okay. going to give you another. This okay. is a controversial Charles. Okay. When he grows a full beard that's clearly glued on and builds a tower to pray for James's resurrection. Um, I'm going to say I have a real hard time with religion, so I'm going to say not so hot. He's losing that's, me. He's losing that's me the in moment, season seven. That's the moment I think that he jumped the shark. That, for me personally, is the jump to the shark moment. Some might think that the orangutan episode in season nine that is, is on our horizon. We are so excited to get there. <laughs> <laughs> it's so disturbing that they wrote that as an episode on Little House on the Prairie. I know. I know. That's when you know they've stayed at the fair too long. I know. I have one parting question for you. Please. Why did Although Mary... Although we'll then part. Okay, why did sorry. Mary put that goddamn baby down and leave the <laughs> blind school without it? <laughs> why did Mary kill her own baby? I wish I had an answer for right, you. Though, it is, right? 
It's bizarre. She had the baby in her arms. She Adam did. comes in and says, there's a fire. We need to go. She puts the baby down. Yeah. And walks out. <laughs> I cannot explain it except to say, had she not done that, we would have never gotten the visual of Alice using said baby, baby as a battering ram. And that visual will stay with us for the rest of our lives. You had to hear us armchair quarterbacking that episode. I'm like, just smash the window and throw the baby out to Adam. And Jenny's going, but he's blind. How's he going to catch the baby? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> There's so much that doesn't make sense. I mean, so and especially when you're like a real fan and you watch yeah. them consecutively now because we yeah. can stream them or have our DVDs or whatever. Yes. Or, you know, you go on cable TV and there are networks that play it nonstop around the clock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, you do see these things are like, wait a you minute. You do. That's not. Let's not end on a dead baby. Let's do okay. this. Okay. Yes. Let me hear who is, besides the Ingalls family, let's take the Ingalls family out of this. Okay. Who's your favorite character? Oh. Somebody that anytime they come on screen, you smile. Yes. Uh, uh, Mrs. Olsen. Okay. You know Uh, who mine is? Mrs. Olsen. Albert. Oh, well. Because I don't consider him an Ingalls. He is, but he's not the core family. I mean, how can you not love Albert? No, that's a solid, I mean, he's in the solid top. Top. I love Harriet too, though. I love Mrs. Olsen. I would say Harriet because, again, I'm going to be obnoxious and talk as a fellow actor. Okay. What she did with that part. She's great. Is fucking phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I mean, she is the most extraordinary actor because she can do it all. And she's horribly uh, she's horrible right she's she's right. she's this terrible villainous monster and at the same time hilarious hilariously funny and at the same time you're also rooting for her because she adds a sense of vulnerability at moments that you least expect it that yes. how does she do that like she's, she's so awful she, but we she root is for her. just a multifaceted yeah. dynamic actor and that's a, a good point a, no one else could have done that with that role besides that woman and so I for me she's it's like what I, I, I'm I'm legitimately saying this for real when I watch her I feel like I'm watching a masterclass yeah. Um, when I see what she does, well, she was, even she even was, her physicality, the way she moves her hands, she's the way theater she, trained, right? She's, she's like classically yeah. trained. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, she's just she's just truly she's brilliant, and she's I, uh, I I I just can't believe that she never won anything. I can't believe that that Michael Landon never won. You anything. know who the only person who was nominated was Mary. My girl Mary, who didn't oh, win, fuck. and I want to know who Good. won. <laughs> who? How come the blind girl in the two-parter episode, when she's screaming, uh, "I can't see! I can't see!" Oh how did she God. not win Do that Emmy? Oh. Horrifying! Talk about a moment that sticks with you for the rest of your life. Pamela, please tell everyone what are what are you working on? What do you want to promote? What's next for you? Where can they find you? Sure. Um, well, the good news is is that uh, I have been working on developing Living on a Prairie as a half-hour full series. Yay! 
that's but that's what's been happening for the past couple of years. And what's very exciting uh, is that during the pandemic, Dean Butler has hopped on as producer and co collaborator. So he's I've been working with him intimately. Okay. Uh-huh. Business Fantastic. intimate people. Get I your was going to say he is gutter. quite older than you, so you got to be <laughs> yes. careful. He might come after you. <laughs> um, but we've been working together on developing this, and I have a team, a, a, an agent, and an executive producer who I love, 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 who believe in the show, and that's what we've been working on. Fantastic. We're, we're literally starting to shop it now. So please we're going to watch for that on crossed. Netflix. We're going to watch for that. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's the hope is that it, <laughs> something happens with it, and I'm really, really, really proud of it, and um, just the fact that it has gotten to this point is truly miraculous and not, not, you know, when I started filming it, it was because I just wanted to do something fun that felt good and made me feel good. And the fact that it has turned into so much more has just been real icing on the cake and meeting people like you and other people that, you know, I thought I was all alone in this, and to know that there's a whole world of people. Oh, there that, are millions that are of just like me out here. <laughs> there sure are, and that's what these, you know, TV execs need to know too. Well, that that, that's millions. my question. So, how can we can we follow you on socials? Like, yes, how do we yes, show these yes. networks? Like, she's amazing. Yeah. And we need to do this. So, the show you can watch in two different places. One is on the actual website. Um, we're also with all the cast interviews are, and that's Living on a Prairie TV. And I'll drop that. In the show notes. Thank you. And the other is on YouTube. It's up on YouTube as well. So maybe um, YouTube's and, the and best place a, to watch it because we want a lot know, of views. Yeah. And yeah. at the moment, I think the website's getting more traffic than YouTube. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if y'all wanted to make it go viral on YouTube, that's Yeah, that's what we got to do. We got to get this thing. viral. Especially and the Waltons. You being triggered by the Waltons, I feel seen. Yeah, I did. You know, I started TikTok for a hot 10 minutes and then I, know, I was like, I this is it. too much work. I can't. Anita, I can't. Anita, Anita on a Prairie has that cover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, Brilliant. Exactly. That's she's referring to my uh, drag, drag close, close friend, Anita Buffum, who was inspired by Living on a Prairie and decided to start watching Little House on the Prairie Brilliant. from episode one and was doing commentary on it, which was mm-hmm. hilarious. Hilarious. Um, yeah. But, um... So you're mostly yeah. on Instagram, then? Instagram? I'm, I'm mostly... Instagram and sometimes I'm more active than others. It's such a full time job to, to do it. But it yes, really Instagram is. and Facebook and Instagram and Facebook, I'm at Prairie TV. Okay. I'll drop that. In you the can find too. me. I'm very easy to find. Okay. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. This was so much fun. I, had I so could much literally fun. sit here and talk for hours and hours and hours <laughs> I know, about I know. this show and these people and these characters as if it's real life. I should, just not. Leave, I should just leave my kids at the bus stop and we'll just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we'll run down some more hot paw moments. <laughs> but I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for we having appreciate me. This you. is a blast. Thank you so much.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.